Blackwater Hustle Fishing Podcast. Blackwater Hustle Fishing Podcast. I am Captain Ty McNeely. And of course, I am Captain uh, <laughs> Don Taylor Jr. Don Taylor Jr. What's up, buddy? Don't go there. How you doing? Doing good, buddy. How about you, man? I'm all right, man. How's the week treating you? It's doing good, man. Excited to be here tonight. Uh, we're at Palm's Fish Camp, which is yes, pretty, pretty, cool, we are. pretty cool venue. Uh, got some spe- special guests this evening. Uh, I'm excited about having those, these guys on. Um, I don't want to call them legends because they're not old, but, I mean, they're pretty, uh, as far as the top-tier anglers in our sport, it's cool to have these guys on. Yeah. They are the uh, East Coast Round 2 uh, Florida Pro. Champions. Champions, that's right. right. Winners, first place guys, champions. Mr. Jeff Pope. Lando. What's up, Jeff? What's and, happening, guys? And we've got Mr. John Henninger. Hey, John. How we doing? You doing, doing good? good? Yes, good. doing well. So, first of all, congratulations on you guys' big win. Thank you. Hey, Thank y'all, you. did y'all get did y'all get the big check by the way? We, had, we, we got the big check. We just didn't bring the big check. Oh, so they didn't let y'all keep the big check like Chris oh, yeah, and Tom? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, Jeff's yeah. got the big check. That's He's cool, man. It. It's yeah. his headboard. <laughs> <laughs> that's, hey, that's where I'd have put it too. Boy, nothing, yeah. wrong to you. <laughs> yeah. nothing wrong with that. Like, no, not at all. Like I said, we had Mr. Uh, Jeff Pope and Mr. John Henninger on today. Uh, we'll just get right into it. Um, who you want to start with? Which, which guys feel more comfortable? Um, uh, it doesn't matter. So some of the questions we like to ask is what got you started in the fishing? You know, uh, what, what, uh, when did you start? When did you know you loved it or do you love it or, or just how did you start fishing? Um, I'd have to say probably at six years old, I had a lot of little ponds, lakes in the neighborhood. Um, I'd get on my bicycle at daybreak every Saturday morning. That was my thing I looked forward to every, every all week, you know, in school that I could get up Saturday morning, get on my bicycle and go hit all these ponds, lakes. Had a big passion for bass fishing. Uh, you know, did that for, you know, probably, I don't know, probably till uh, for about 10 years, probably till I was 16, 17, I got introduced to the saltwater side of things and uh, just enjoyed it a little more, you know, being able to get out in the boat with, with friends and, uh, you know, fr- or, or I should say friends, dads, and, uh, and, and going fishing. And, uh, you know, I guess, uh, you know, that's what really, I, I just developed a passion for that. There's a lot more variety of fish, a lot of different style of fishing. Um, you know, obviously, back in those days, you know, got started out, you know, doing a lot of bait fishing and stuff like that. Nothing nothing against it. Still do it. Still bait fish tur- tournaments when there's, uh, you know, tournaments you can use bait in. Um, you know, but as, as years went on, you know, just got a little more and more, you know, competitive and harder into it. And, uh, you know, I guess probably in... 2001, 2002, sight fished my first redfish, you know, coming down the bank with his back out of the water, and, uh, man, I was hooked from there on. That was that was it? That was it. Yeah. So, 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 so you're a local guy here, Jeff? Yeah, yeah born and raised Jacksonville. Born and raised Jacksonville. Born and raised Jacksonville. I thought so, that was my question, too. So he's native yeah. flirting like we are. Okay, yeah, so cool. It seems a story that, that we hear a lot is the same. You know, guys start out freshwater fishing because you can ride your bike to those places, and unless you live on the coast, you know, you, we live around rivers, and I grew up here on the north side of Jacksonville, so it was the same way for me. And once I started driving, I could get out in the That's salt right. water a little better. So that kind of seems to be the story. Yep, yep. Get a little, get a little more, you know, diversity of what you could do. And, and uh, you know, when we start out, you know, and, and uh, you know, going on the sides of the road, you know, actually bank fishing, I should have said probably first of all, you know, and, and uh, wish the fishing was quite a bit easier back in those days than it is now, you know. Uh, we'll, get, we'll get that. We'll get into all that in a little bit. So 
Right, right. So, um, <laughs> not, not to be controversial. Now, I'm just now we'll talk about maybe the state of fishing in a little bit. Uh, do you think? Let me ask you this question. I'll ask you also, Mr. John. Do y'all think going from? I know you said you used to bass fish also. Um, do y'all think it's a natural progression to go from saltwater over to? Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, freshwater over saltwater. Is it the natural progression for most people, or to some people, or what do you think? For me, um, I mean, my grandmother raised me, and I was fishing since I was knee-high to a grasshopper. I mean, she literally fished six days a week. Sunday was the Sabbath. God bless her. I mean, honestly, yeah, she made seven pages in the Atlanta Journal Constitution in 1967 on Lake Seminole. Wow. Wow, that's cool. And so she was a fisherman, so... I mean, I got it from her. It was just a passion. And like Jeff said, you know, she would take during a week and ride up down the highways and fish these creeks from the farm ponds that would overflow and fall into the creeks. And we would catch red breasts and catfish, what have you. But it did develop a passion. And, you know, going back to, to my – I remember one day at Lake Seminole, and I was actually – Jack Wingate used to babysit me while my grandmother fished. So Jack's daughter, Jackie, and I would play out in front of – the, the lodge there and the boat ramp. So when the bass boats would come put the boats on the trailer, you know, we would get behind the boats, and when they would force them on, that force of water would throw us up by the water. Now, you got to understand, I'm only six, seven years old at that time, and that was hilarious. But I saw this bass fisherman. I said, one day I'm going to be me. I'm going to be a bass fisherman. I'm going to be a professional fisherman. You know, and so that's kind of come first, full circle for me, you know. Um, but it was fresh water. Right. And I had a buddy, Jim Ramika, kept saying, you need to go saltwater fishing. No, it tears your equipment up. You know, it just everything, you know, I'm not going to do it. And a buddy took me in a little two-man bass hall up there on Gervin Road. And my first redfish was about a 30-incher. Wow. And I caught three flounder and two trout, and I was hooked. And right, I have yeah. not been back bass fishing since. You sound right. like me. Jeff, the same thing for you. Did you Once you started saltwater fishing, did you... Like me, I was all into it. kind of the same scenario, but I can catch a 30 inch. Well, your uncle and I fished together back I know, in the day. That's what's bass crazy. Fishing, so. I know that's what's crazy. I, we talked earlier today, and uh, I remember when I was a little kid, me and my cousin would fish against, we fished against him and my uncle it was on the CSX bass tour right. or their club tour, whatever you want to call gotcha. it. But uh, it's pretty wild. But my question, like, so is, did, did you, once you got immersed in saltwater fishing, did you just all in and hadn't looked back? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I'll, I'll still, you know, I, I go with a few buddies. We go do the speckle, you know, speck fishing and stuff like that, you know, in the lakes and stuff. Uh, and I still, I enjoy every type of fishing. We go offshore, you know, and, and uh, you know, you know, out here in the ocean too. But, but yeah, um, I guess easiest way to put it is, you know, when I got my own boat, I was big into saltwater fishing. So that's what I always concentrated on. I never had a chance to do that with, a, you know, in the freshwater with my own boat. Uh so as soon as I got, you know, where I could buy my own stuff and go to my, you know, go by myself or, or take myself to the boat ramp and go, uh, it was, it's been salt water from there on out. You got you. Yeah. You know, I, 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 hats off to the bass guys. Um, you know, that, 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 them dudes are animals. Don't that's, you, that's, lo- don't you like love their, their tournament concept though? You got to admit. Oh, absolutely. I, I, mean, I, I wish there was some way that we could kind of incorporate that on like the Florida Pro or, or some Redfish Tour, uh, you know, circuit. I think that'd be the most awesome way to. If, we, if you can figure it out how to do it, I think that the way those guys do it, like, when they hit the clocks and the countdowns and the leaderboard, and it's constant, it's like constant pressure. You're talking about major league fishing, yes, that yeah. type of thing. You well, drop a fish on the boat, it's yeah. a two minute penalty. Yeah. Right. You know. Oh, I, you'd have to set up boundary maps. That's the only yes. way you could do it. Right. You'd have to Absolutely. set up a boundary and you, you know. But I guess with the, adre- with the adrenaline those guys have to go yeah. through, I mean, it's got to be so awesome. You know, well, it's got to be nonstop adrenaline. 
Yeah, and, and, and we all have the benefit of, or, or the, the privilege of being able to get out of a, you know, a windy situation or, or, you know, we can get up in the creeks and stuff like that or get on a tree line or whatever. And the bass guys, you know, they, they've got to fish where the fish are at. And it's, it's, you know, usually in concentrated areas most of the time. And if it's blowing 30 on that bank and it's three and four foot, you watch some guys and, and they're, you know, valves are under the water, you know, and they grind it out, you know, yeah. but, uh, like I said, the guys are tough and hats off to them. Cause that's, yeah, that's not amazing. easy. That's not an easy deal to deal with when it's like that. You know, we, Absolutely. we do have a little bit of, of, of you know, luck on our side in the saltwater being able to you know run different places get out of the wind get in a better situation to try to you know to do our thing and, and being here in florida the weather is, is you know it does get hotter and you know what but i mean for the most part we have pretty pleasant weather it's not like i watched the, the last uh, mlf and they were like 38 degrees yeah uh, it, it was, was a, it was a college deal excuse me and it was snowing right and right. they're on a big body lake. I yes. mean, it's a big body water. Yeah. Fishing Kentucky Lake, yeah. So it's, right. when that wind kicks up, it's not like what we have in the intercoastal. So you have a lot narrower bodies of water to run. Right. And they're in the wide open forgiveness. I mean, it's whatever right. Mother Nature throws at you, you're going to get handed. Yeah. You think, you think coming from the bass side made you a better saltwater fisherman? Absolutely. Patience-wise. And that's one thing for me that bass – and I was a power fisherman. I mean, uh, give me a flipping stick and a Carolina rig if it got tough. You know, but normally for me, I was a power fisherman. Mm -hmm. And when I came into the saltwater side, you can power fish, but with our tides like we have compared to other places, you got to be patient. You got to wait. Mm -hmm. You know, if you know fish are in that area, you got to wait till they come out to you. And I will say one thing about Jeff, and this well, third or fourth term we fish together, you know, he'll go up in the back of a pocket and he'll sit there, and I'm going like, move 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 <laughs> right. but he just gets because he's looking you know he's Sounds scanning familiar. around you know and he's just sitting still and waiting and it's taken me a little bit to get used to that because i'm moving until i see something right yeah he we knows there's something there he's just waiting for it to show itself yeah we have the same discussion we you have. know we have a plan and our plan is be patient you notice he right. said discussion didn't you we have yeah. the same discussion, we have a discussion. <laughs> be patient Trust slow me. down be patient slow down so we have a plan. Usually about seven minutes into that plan, we're like, move, move, <laughs> yeah, right? I'm you know, it's, just, I'm it's like tough. You. It's hard to do. It I'm is. like you coming yeah. from that bass world, man. I like to th go throw, 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 and getting used to. And I've gotten a lot better about it this year, especially about being more patient, like you said, especially when I know we know fish are good fish and they're there. Uh, but it's still hard, though. I mean, it's, I still have to just, you know, let me ask you this question. So back to saltwater. First, when y'all first got into saltwater, um, for me, for me, learning the tides was the hardest thing. It took me about three or four good months just to halfway figure out the tides, and then about another probably three or four months to really kind of get them what I would say I, I understood them. Uh, how did you guys at first handle the tides, especially with our big title swing here in town? Well, the, the, the tides have changed recently since all the storms. It seems like, you know, 15 or 20 years ago, it seemed different uh, than it is today for some reason. Well, your sandbars, I think a lot of that from the, you know, erosion and what have you, your bars have changed, creeks have changed. I mean, you know, and I'll give you an answer. If you have not been stuck. I was just fixing right. to say, how you learn to tide, you go sit in the creek that's looking right. at nothing but mud for, for a couple hours at a time. Yeah, that's right. I've been there, done that. <laughs> that's <laughs> how I learned the tides is, is finding out where I can go and how far before I get stuck. And I have sat for four and a half, five hours at a time because I got stupid. A yeah. true story. Uh, me and my wife went out in Mill Cove, and uh, we were fishing around one of the islands out there. I forget what the island's called. 
and we started backing out with the tide from the island, you know, and started backing out and backing out. And I noticed we were getting kind of stuck and trying to look behind me, and it was about 300 yards of mud. And so we had to sit there for four and a half hours and watch cars go over the Dings Point Bridge. Oh, yeah. It so, was it, so I guess my question was the tide, though, was it difficult for you guys to learn? I mean, and learn it well like you do now or not? I would have to say it's not as difficult now, obviously, for, for you know, it's, it's all about the time you put in it um, or put into it. But, you know, um, you know, now you just kind of, the, the more difficult part of the tide is knowing what part of the tide is going to be the right time for the fish to show up, you know, and, and be able to hopefully get them to bite. Uh, as John said, you know, uh, you know, we sit sometimes, and sometimes I probably sit longer than I should, you know, or, or, or than we should, and, and I know it's aggravating, and sometimes it doesn't work out, sometimes it does, but, you know, you sit sometimes, and everything works out like it should, and everybody's, everybody's probably experienced it, and the fish come out, and you don't get one to eat. They all come, and so you feel like you've just burnt your bridges, you know, trying mm -hmm. to trying to burn a bunch of time up, valuable time, because we both like low tide. Uh, I, I definitely like it, because I really like to sight fish a lot. John, John likes to keep a bet wet, bait wet, which is a really good thing, uh, and that's where I, you know, kind of fail, because I want to see a fish, and, you know, so it, but it works out, because we, we're, we're diversified together. So that's um, one question I was going to ask you guys later later on, but since you go ahead and you mentioned it, so your favorite tide to fish is by far, like, what, the low outgoing and low incoming, I, or... I just, I guess, I, I, easiest way to put it, I like to, the, my style of fishing, I like to put myself in a sight fishing situation regardless of the water. Yeah, no uh, water on high tide. We, well, well we've got places, you know, maybe I'll go to high tide and catch them up there in the grass. Even if it's not a tailing tide, you might have a couple squirming through the grass. But it, but high tide is definitely, definitely a lot tougher, uh, you know, because yeah. it's a lot harder to, to see a fish in, than it is in low tide. But, you know, you go in the back of these creeks and, uh, you know, over here, 15 years ago, you go to the back of a creek and there was a redfish with his back out. He was caught. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Now, now you go back, now. You go to the back of a creek now. Well, you go in the back of a creek now. We still see him with their backs out sometimes, yeah. and he, you might get refused. And you think, you know, this one's this is money right here, and that fish it'll humble you. But that's, you know, to me that's that's what makes it fun. That's what keeps you coming back. I believe, uh, and some may, may disagree with it. It's a sport you'll never master because right. just, oh, when yeah. you, just when you think you got it dialed in, it, it'll show it's you. Constantly, it's so, constantly changing. I mean, when y'all agree with that. So you guys, you guys are tournament partners, obviously. So do you do you fish for fun together, or are you guys always on the hunt for tournament? Well, yeah, fish? We do it as a friendly gesture too, but we're always we're both very competitive. Uh, you know, you don't you don't want you know we're not we're everybody's out there to, to try to win that check. You know, and, right. uh, so we go as hard as we can go. We don't go out and cut up when it when it's tournament day. We get after it. Game right. So what? I like him for him to answer also. So Mr. Henry, so yeah. you you low tie guy, high tie guy, or what do you like? You know, for me, it's um, and I have a lot of guys will call me that have never been here and they say what I need to do. I said, first of all, find the low tide and go out and look what where the water's at. You know, before you go up in some flat and the water drops out and you sit there because mm -hmm. it is embarrassing. I mean, uh, don't get me wrong, it. it's embarrassing when you run by yeah. and you see a boat laying on the side <laughs> and you know he's going to be there for four or five hours you know and i said in the second of all at low tide if you find fish you know in a creek what have you just because you don't catch them on low tide don't mean you can't go back at high tide and catch some fish up in the grass and that's for me I, i'm a very patient guy if i know there's 15 20 fish in the area i may stay through both tides right because i know there's fish there so why leave fish to go find fish right that's how my dad fished, the same yeah. way. Yeah. Well, Jeff, I want to ask you guys both of you the same questions. So y'all both mentioned low tide. You both mentioned high tide. Let's talk about, um, I know a lot of guys, it's pretty popular to fish, you know, the, um, 
the fish in the grass on the higher tide. Uh, give the folks listening, you know, the people, you know, they, they look, they do listen, believe it or not. Like the technique that you guys, I mean, if, if you can talk about it, like something y'all can discuss. I mean, is that a secret? I mean, nah, does everybody, everybody we'll, do we'll, it? We'll, we'll let you know. <laughs> I mean, for okay, me, okay. You know, I'm just you I, throw I, the same bait that he and I throw on high tide. Right. Everybody does. You right. either throw on a top water or you throw on a spoon. Yeah, we're all doing the same thing. Bait, same yeah. thing. But, yeah. and I will say, we've got a couple of areas that Jeff, you know, uh, we, and we go every tournament. We go there at high water because a lot of times those fish get on these little small, shallow flats, and, and it's just a foot of water maybe, and they're just sitting there. That's what we call the low water at high tide. You know, right. okay. Right. That's, that's what that's, that's terminology that I've been. You okay. Know, I, I learned to use that somebody taught me. And it was they always said Donnie on the high tide. I always found the low water on high tide, and so that's what this last year that I've he and I both concentrated on doing. I don't care if the tide's super high, but there's always a, somewhere you can find a flat and the water's still this high, you know what I mean? And okay. so, um, and that's what I meant earlier about saying if I fish on low water, I'm going to go back on high water. But somewhere, they're not moving far. Right. They're just going in and out, in right. and out. You know, and so, as you say, your low water, high water spot, whatever you want to call it, the flats. And that's what he actually looks for. I mean, because basically, like he said, I'm keeping a bit a bait wet. Right. You know, he's up there mostly just going to tell them when he's looking. So that way, if I'm getting my bait wet and one swirls on it or I spook him, what have you, at least now he's got a, a sight bait that... He can you know, dump back exactly. in there right after you. Right. Yeah. So, Jeff, yeah. you guys got one guy, one on the grass line and one pitching pockets, like we, same scenario same pretty thing. much? Yeah. Yep, and, yep. And, and I mean, John needs to give himself a little more credit because he's a great sight fisherman too now. And we get, we, we, we get, when we get in there and, 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 and you can see him, you know, and we both go into the sight fishing thing, he can diversify and, and, and you know, adjust right to that well and that know. is me i'm not going to sight fish if i can't see a fish or if i you know i'm going to blind cast right. blind cast see, I, i'm more like him now over the last probably especially the last year and he can tell you i like to find the lowest water as possible and i like to be able to see the fish if i can't see him see him pushing because uh, that way i just feel like i know i'm on fish so to speak you know or fish are in an area whereas him you know we have gone and we fish so many tournaments we fish in eight ten foot of water which to me is like crazy but I mean, we well, caught the, the, the first there, tournament though. we called that big eight pounder. You know, we were in 14, 16 foot, foot of water. Yeah. yeah, I've always said, and I don't know if y'all remember a guy named Grady Warren. Oh, yeah. Grady Warren was actually the guy that started the tournament red fishing, basically. And he said that any guy that could master the river could never be beat. Right. Wow. And I really believe that because, like you said, being in 14, 15, 20 feet of water, the reds aren't pressured. They're right. there to eat. That's, right. That's what they're there for. They're sitting on that drop or that rock pile, rock pile. waiting to ambush something. Yeah. Well, I always think that, you know, they were called channel bass long before they were called redfish. Well, that was right. before my pay grade. Yeah, <laughs> mine, mine too. <laughs> mine yeah. too. Right. So if you had, if, okay, you got weekend, uh, not weekend, or sorry about that. That was a yeah, don't say that Freudian slip. Yeah, don't say that. You got a recreational guys, two guys in a boat. You got tournament guys. What do you guys think is the biggest difference between uh, just out fishing and tournament fishing, and and how do you how do you make that leap? If there's guys out there that wonder, you know, they fish together, they and they want to make the leap into tournaments. Um, how do you do that? How, well, we've how had them ask us. That's why we're asking you. Yeah, guys. how would we you ask, um, ask us? And uh, you know, it's a uh, because you know a lot of guys want to do what you guys have done, and hey, that's that's win and cash a big check. Hey, I want to do it myself, but we have guys that you know, you know, call and they will or email us more, will email us, and they'll say, you know, how do I get better being a recreational or weekend fisherman? That's all the time they have to go fishing. What, what would you like tell pass on to those guys to help them become a better fisherman? Just, I would say, well, first of all, it, it doesn't matter 
who you are, how you fish, time on the water helps with everything. Um, you know, if you don't put your time in, you get you get out of any type of fishing what you put in it. Right. If, if we had a tournament tomorrow and we hadn't come over here and pre-fished in a month and looked around anything or anything, we're going out on, on strictly luck. Uh, nine times out of ten, that doesn't work for you. Right. Uh, Seat uh, times, what I call it. You know, but, but, you know, yeah, that's right. But, but you know, uh, speaking from my end, uh, you know, FLW is the first of the FLWs and, and uh, you know, some IFAs, I mean, zero 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 you know we didn't weigh a fish in uh but we went out there and ground as hard as we could and and you learn stuff by doing that and then you're around the guys that have been doing it for a while and you kind of take a little bit in on that too you know and, and just see what people are doing or whatever i should say uh you know i'm not gonna say mocking anybody but you know you'll you'll you know somebody hey you know we're catching them on the flats whatever you, you, it's it's just it's being in there it's just all the time you can put in is what you're going to get out of it, regardless. It doesn't matter, it does, and and that's what may you know. If you don't fish here, you could fish here every day for ten years and, and be just by luck wearing everybody out. You don't fish for a year. That guy that put his time in for one year is going to come out there and get you every time. You know, right. so it's all about putting in putting in your time. And, and you know, I used to go. I don't get to go as much as I do or used to be able to now, just because work wise and everything. But I would be on the water three or four days a week, and if I had an hour of daylight left when I got home, I hooked my boat up and I was at the boat ramp. And I was going to look for that new spot, right? Uh, you know, and, uh, and and you know, I just don't get opportunity to do that anymore. Uh, you know, but but very fortunate. Back in the days, you know, we got to do, you know, everything we got to do. You know, very gotcha. blessed. Gotcha. My you? side, I'm I'm kind of like a, uh, and I even a, a good friend of mine in Louisiana, Chad Dufresne. Yeah, I know Chad. He's a nice he, guy. He, he asked me. Guy. He said, "Man, when y'all guys come over here all the time, you and the, I said, Chad, when I leave my front door and I hook my boat up." My attitude is I'm going to win. Right. Okay? I'm not going to finish last. I'm going to win. That's and I'm right. going to make That's the right. best I can of it. And the difference between us. You have to have that attitude. And that's you what, do. I, guess well, you think, I think you, know, you do. I, I yeah. said that last week. And, that's and it's not being arrogant. No. It's not arrogant. It's just. I well, mean, you're either donating your money or you're fishing to win. Well, you have exactly. to be confident. One or the other. Right. Better way to yeah. put it. You know, and, and I guess that's what I should have said. And I've made it whatever. But you're exactly right. And that's why I feel like I. Mentally, that's where you need to be. I mean, you you have, have you're to. out there to win and grind, and and it's like you're saying. And I think I'm, I'm glad that you said it. And I mean, I, I agree 100. percent And I know Jeff would probably say the same thing. You know, once you get that first win, I remember my old partner John Eggers and I. He was the first guy that we that I fished tournament with that we actually won a tournament. When you get that first win, that second win comes a little bit easier, right? Because yeah. you know, you knew what you had to do to make it happen. Right. And that's being clean. You can't miss fish. Everything you stick has got to come in the boat to be measured, whether it's oversized or not. You know how to win. You've got to be clean. Right. And, you know, but for me and the recreational fisherman, the only difference is we're doing it. He's not. Time on the water. That's right. I'm be honest with you. He's, he puts his pants on one leg at a time just like I that's do. That's right. Exactly right. I'm, I'm no better than he is, but it's just that we're doing it, and he's not. So he's the not only way you're going to get better is just come do it and pay your dues. That's right. So if you, uh, so you guys, this is uh, this is the Backwater Hustle, the fishing podcast, and uh, we're here with uh, John Henniger and uh, Jeff Pope, Florida Pro East Coast champions here. That's right. Yeah. So if you guys had only one fish that you could fish for the rest of your life, just one, what would that fish be? Redfish, absolutely. <laughs> Silver <laughs> no, without, without a question. <laughs> I agree, hundred percent. Yeah. Redfish. Yeah. What'd you say? Yeah. I didn't hear you. Tuna fish. <laughs> 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 but back to it, you know, uh, you know, yeah. when you fish tournament, everybody can go. Uh, 
anybody can be skunked. We still get skunked. Uh, you know, everybody does. Every, there's not a person out there that says they can go out there and catch them every time. It doesn't happen. But all you can do is look back and say, hey, I put in 110%, and the outcome is what it is. It, you know, and, and sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, you know, you can go out there and not do any pre-fishing. You can't kick yourself in the boat when you come in with a big goose egg because That's you right. didn't put your time in. That's you right. know, That's so... Uh, you know, and I'm talking pre-fishing wise, you know, I mean, it's red fishing uh, here. You really, it, it, the patterns change through the climates, uh, through the water temperatures. You got to, you got to stay on them. Right. You got to, you got to stay with them or, or they're, or, you know, they're you gone. Know, they're you know, the, you know. And you can't keep them. See, this is one thing I, I, that I hear a lot of guys. You can't the, move even, them. Even tournaments. They'll come in and say, man, we caught 35 fish today. I know, so what, And right? you're looking like, dude, you're not going to catch a single fish, you know. And, and Pope and I, we don't, we don't stick any fish. Right. You know, you wait till the day of the tournament. During the, pre-fishing, correct. I'm with yeah, you. During yeah. pre-fishing. Yeah. You know, and you know, like I have tournament spots. He has tournament spots. We don't even go fish. Right. I don't go pleasure fishing. I don't. I leave them alone mm-hmm. because they're they're. I'm gonna say resident reds, but there's always every year, fish will come back to the same place. Right. They always come back. Right. And, you know, as long as you're not going out and beating them up and beating them up, you know, you might have your five or six spots that you might at a certain tide. Hey, let's run over here, see if there's always See if they're there. Yeah. yeah. You know, and if they're there, you know, if they bite, they bite. If they don't, right. they don't. You can't make them bite. That's right. All you can do is put the bait out there and do the best you can. Right. If they eat, they eat. This tournament we won, I'm telling you right now, that's it, the most exciting I have been <laughs> in a while other than being in Louisiana because we pull in this creek Ooh. and these fish are jumping out of the water. They're schooling out of the water at the bait. Right. And I mean it was not just I mean there was there was a lot of fish in there. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. We yeah. sat So y'all there. were fishing at school then basically what you're saying. Uh, just people Well no it wasn't a plan. We didn't go and say, hey that, that school of fish is gonna be here. Well, we were fishing <laughs> singles uh, and that's kind of you know I don't know. Schools will hurt you sometimes. Schools will hurt you. you, you well, that's why everybody well, says, you know, fishing is luck. And don't, I say, well, no, it's 90%, you know, 10% skill, but 90% luck because, like you just said, we fish schools of fish, and that's where luck comes in. You throw into the school, you can just as easy pull two 26s out of it, or you can also you pull two 14s out of it. That's right. And once you do that, it pretty much you well, shuts you down. And the school will be gone. You know, you exactly. fish out of the school, so, check out on you. And, 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 uh, and believe it or not, we didn't actually catch any of our fish out of the school. No. The school was moving so fast. I've never seen anything like it. Uh, birds chasing it. And we're in, we're in a creek. We're not in open water whatsoever. Uh, we didn't. It looked like jacks. It looked like Jack Cravallis up there busting bait. And, oh. and, uh, but I you told, could see the redfish. Oh, yeah, said, no. What is that, right. jacks, trout? But you could see, you the, see them coming out of the water, crashing see the, the actual fish. Right. But we couldn't run them down. And then they blew up down the creek some more, you know. But we were actually fishing singles while all that big school was over there. We were fishing singles in the area we were at, uh, which scattered fish. You know, hey, there's one here. You know, another few minutes. Hey, there's one there. And we got a lot of refusals, a, a lot mm-hmm. of refusals that day. Uh, I know, Jeff, when you were telling well, me that, my wife goes, what is a refusal? And yeah, I was she, like, well, she it's kind of like, you know, she's when woman, she, she says knows. she's got a headache. That's right. She knows. Yeah. <laughs> So you guys run us right there. Yeah, guys run us through your day that day. You know, for the tournament, you don't have to give us every single detail and your spot and all that. But how'd you guys? You know, what was your day like? Was it was it a regular day? Was it just another day? Was it a good day? Was there a feeling? I mean, we didn't pre-fish. Run us through. (laughs) No, really, didn't. I I did. I did get out one day, and I and I told John. I said, if if I feel if we, you know, I've seen a few things. We talked about the area. We'd been there before. We fished there in the championship for the Florida Pro last year, uh, or whichever it was. I guess we. I guess was last year. It was last year. Um, 
and I told John, I said, man, there's some really good fish in here. I think, uh, you know, we'll have a good bag if we can get them to eat. But like like John said earlier, you don't want to go in there and say, can I get one of these to eat? Because, you know, you that could be, you get that one to eat, and that might be that one you wanted for the weigh-in. Uh, I could clearly see them, uh, you know, and we went back, you know, and we had high water that morning, and obviously these fish, like I say, we like the low water. They were low water. Uh, you know, first thing in the morning we went to where John says, you know, we got a couple little high water plays, and uh, we caught one that was just over... You know, he was 27 and a quarter, I think, or so. And, but he was and, uh, a fatty, though. Yeah, he was a little over eight pounds. You know, it was a heartbreaker first thing in the morning. I mean, that's you know, you get one of those for the for the for the start of the day. It's yeah, like, uh, well, it takes the pressure off really quick. Okay, well, our day was not a regular day because we were at 11 o'clock. We didn't have a fish in the live well, um, and then we caught. Uh, hey, same thing with us. Our first fish, we caught our first two fish. 10:45, 10:45. Literally, my, me back to back cast. First fish 10:45. Second fish 10:47. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I mean, it couldn't well, buy a bite. I mean, like I said, fusels, seen them, and just could not, well, for whatever reason, but like you said, what time was it again? Right, right. It was about 11 o'clock. About 11 o'clock, yeah, and it was, it was just all and of a sudden, caught, bam. And we caught one, it was, uh, whichever, it was right at close to seven, a little under seven pounds. And uh, and it was just, it, it, that was a fluke. We really went in somewhere that just looked good because we're still waiting on the tide. And we were in an area where, uh, you know, fish should have been. We roll up in this little small area, and bam, there's the fish. It was. Guys, I'm telling you, it was like the school bus had just dropped all the kids off, and they were coming around in a line, one after another. I know we had at least 30 shots. Wow. It, and they were, you could see them 25 yards away making the bend and coming down the straightaway, and Jeff would make a cast, and I'd make one behind him. Fish go by his bait, he'd pick it up and throw behind me. When they go by, I, and that's how we did it. When you say y'all are seeing them that far away, you're watching them push, I'm assuming? You yes, know? they were pushing low okay. water. Yeah, they they were right on the edge, but we were power pole down sitting on a point. And, gotcha. uh, and really, we just saw a couple fish, and then, all the, you know, this wasn't, I mean, this wasn't something we knew was going to happen. You know, right. we knew there was a few fish in there. But this we had is that some, luck you're talking about. That's right. right. Yeah, well, it, we it, had, but there were some boats around there, and I told John, we rolled up in there. I said, man, they're not in here. I said, I, I guarantee it. These, you know, these guys probably just came out of this area or whatever, and, you know, and, and they were a ways off, but we, we slid up in there, and, uh, here came one, man, there's one coming down. You know, we had it, we got it, you know, one close to seven in a live well. So now the pressure's on, you know, not the pressure's off, pressure's on. Cause now we're, it's, it's lunchtime. We've got a, you know, 30 minute run, 45 minute run back to, to Palm Valley there. And, and then like John said, they just started flowing through, flowing through. And it was refusal after refusal. And I'm thinking, you know, if 20 didn't eat, 21's not going to eat, you know, and 22 is not going to eat. And John, it just, he said, man, that thing didn't even bite hard. It just picked it up like a flounder. And, uh, and really, I, you know, I said, are you on? He said, yeah, but it, it didn't really pick it up. And I'm thinking, no, it's not a good fish. And uh, I think it rolled up. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the one. So I grabbed the net, you know, and obviously we got him in the boat. And, uh, you know, we were, it was, it was way exciting. Pope was making fun of how far I could cast with what I had. I can only probably cast 20 yards. This thing, was, it was a very small bait. I'm not going to tell you what I bait it was. I had a 16th ounce weight and I'll, well, just, something white, just something white, just something white looking, you know. And because I... He said they were hitting that small shrimp. So I figured, right. you know, I'm going to figure this out. And, you know, he's throwing 25 yards further than I am. And, of course, it's aggravating me. But, you know, <laughs> being patient. Being patient. Yeah, but his bait, his bait did the job. Like you know, drive, was, drive for show. And <clears throat> show right? You guys bait caster guys or spinning tackle? When I I'll, first – go ahead. No, I'm right. straight up spinning. Right. spinning. Yeah. I don't when I first came them. into saltwater, I was coming from bass fishing. So everything I had was bait casters. Mm-hmm. And it's always, wind's always blowing. I don't care. You know, you can go bass fishing, the wind's hardly blowing at all. But right. you come saltwater fishing, it's always blowing. And John was, Eggers was my first partner, and he's spinning all the way. 
and I'm backlashing like crazy. And he's going, dude, you need to get spinning reels. I said, man, you ever seen a, a, a You can put a spinning reel in my hand and you can get a I'll go to clip the bell and go throw back and the bait goes backwards. You right. know? So, but he forced me to go to spinning. I'm right there with and you. And I learned how to throw that spinning. And now, you know, I will put my accuracy with a spinning reel better than I can a bait cast. See, I'm, the, I'm just like you, exact same scenario. I would, one of the first times I ever like saltwater fish, I went to the beach, um, like Huguenot or wherever, with a buddy of mine, and he had this, you know, the big giant 10, 12 surf rods or whatever. And so I'm not looking like a man. I look like I didn't know. I mean, but now I'm the same way. But I, now I, I can throw my, I think, my spinner reel. And he's seen me. Uh, I mean, I've, I know for a fact I can throw it probably better now than I can throw my baitcaster. I've got done it on camera. High I've dollar. been in the FLW on camera and do it. Right. It's like, you know, hit the cameraman with my bait. Oops, yeah. sorry, man. So what do you guys, a seven-foot <laughs> rod, seven-six, seven, uh, seven-three? What, what's your – give us a run. Give us a rundown. You can plug your sponsors and all that good stuff. We don't care. No, seven-twos seven and seven-sixes. Uh, you know, the G. Loomis IMX is what I like to throw. Okay. Yeah. And, and for me, I, I've got uh, a seven-eight, which is a salt striker from Cabela's. I mean, that's their, their brand name, but – you know, I wish I could say who actually makes the rod, but I can't. And right. the same thing with the Salt Striker Reel. Yep. You know, I mean, it's, you know, it, it's their brand name, just like Bass Pro. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's kind of like when you go to Walmart and you get the Equate, what have you. It's still right. made by the same people. It's just got right. the Walmart brand on it. Yeah, of right. course. Exactly. So run us up, run us up. Now you got two fish in the boat, right, that you think are competitive fish. Do you know? Do you not know? Ah. Run us up. Don't be shy. Hey, give us, hey, give yeah, us no, the bring story. It on here. Let's, let's I'm going to answer man. that one. You're running it. Okay, you're, you're, you know you got to run back. You just said a minute ago, 35, 40 oh, no, no, we're going gonna to go to where we got the two fish in the live well. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, let's go yeah, from yeah, there. Y'all bring right, it. Yeah, I mean, this, 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 this supposed to be rowdy here. It's going to get funny here, but, you know, I catch the fish. In fact, when I first hit, I thought it was a big flounder because it just didn't, you know, because uh, the, the, we missed them. They went by us. And we went, gummit. And I had my bait still in the water, so I went to bring it in. I just felt a little small tug. You know, so I was floundering. And, and like Jeff said, when it rolled, I went, oh, my God. You know, so we get him in the boat, and Jeff's up on the deck, and he's like, <sighs> and he looks back at me, and he looks in the live well, and he goes, John, you know, that could be $10,000 sitting in that live well. <laughs> and I'm looking at him and go, you think? He goes, I said, what do you think we got? He goes, I think we, we, what, we got 13 pounds maybe? He goes, no, I bet we got 14. I said, no. He goes, I'm telling you, there's $10,000 in that live well. So we looked at each other, and all of a sudden we go, high five, baby, high five. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. That was over. No, no, you know, but, but you went, you know, you, we, we had, we had, we had the, the uh, one that was just under seven in the live well, and we had a 19-inch fish in the live well, okay? That's what we had, okay? That's so you upgraded to Well, it's not bad if you have a couple four-pounders. I mean, I'm not going to say it's not bad. You know, everybody wants more than that. But but it's bad when you have one good one and you have one little one, and you're chasing that upgrade. Buddy, buddy, we had an 819 at 1045 in the morning, and we couldn't upgrade it. Yeah, and then there. 23, 22. Every fish we caught was a slot fish that day. No kidding, over 18. But it could not get bigger. It's heartbreaking. I mean, at least, you know what, what's even double, you know, you know, he's riding in and going, hey, Ty, you know, he's, he's going to be, he's going to go over eight pounds. At least, you know, we'll get big fish, you know, because I always get net. And then to get up there and get, get kicked into, yeah, we got, you know, yeah, by, by two out. tenths of an ounce. Get kicked in the teeth, huh? Yeah. yeah. yeah so, by, by two tenths of an so what time heartbreaking, of, man. What time of day did you realize you had 13 or 14 pounds in a boat? Well, that was probably. Two o'clock. <laughs> yeah, a little before that, because we had about probably 30 minutes. We still could have fished and then ran back. Uh, 
But you know, you never know what's going to happen on your way back. We had a lot of boat traffic. It was a nice day. A lot Horrible. of boat, lo- lot of boat traffic to deal with on the way back. Uh, you know, you you could get stopped by FWC, get a safety check, or Coast Guard or whatever. That, that's going to take ten or fifteen minutes out of the get game. You know, and I told you know we just both decided let's get it on back. We'll take it easy, not beat the fish all up, and you know we've got a, a, a pretty a pretty strong bag. You know, good and, chance. And, uh, yeah, pretty Absolutely. good chance. I was yeah. happy for you. I pulled up and they they asked me to go, what you got, and I said maybe maybe eleven, twelve, something like that. And they go, man, Pope's got 14. What did you have, 14, 8, right? Something. Uh, 14, 2. We had 14, 14 22. I, yeah. said, I said, y'all serious? And they're like, yeah. I said, I said they leading? And they go, yeah. And they go, I said, that's awesome, man. And they were, there was some other guy behind me, and he asked me what I had. I said, we don't have no 14, 2, that's for sure. And well, What was sad is my son was in first place. He had yeah. big fish, didn't he? Uh, did they did have big fish. Yeah. fish yeah. You know, they were family here. They, they right. took all the money that oh, day. Yeah. And until uh, we came in, and then uh, we weighed in. Of course, he'd already gone through the trailer. So I walked out there, and he was waiting in line. And I opened the door, and he goes, so how'd y'all do? I said, man, you don't want to know. He said, y'all winning, aren't you? <laughs> I go, yeah, son, I'm sorry, man. Yeah, I really, I really right. wanted you to be up there. I said, but, you know, I'm sorry. Right. Cool we day? got you. You know, the stories are always amazing. We had uh, Tom Riley, half of uh, the, Riley, the um, Tom Riley-Chris Kellum duo on a, a few weeks back, and they told a story how they set, uh, they stopped there at the Beach Boulevard ramp. Heading about, back about threw the fish back in the water. And about threw their winning fish back in the they water. They had motor yeah. problems. You know, I guess y'all know from that day, they had motor problems from the get-go. They didn't go where they wanted to go. Yeah. And he said, man, he said, they looked at the fish and looked at them again. And they were going to toss them back. And they were going to toss them oh, back. that tournament they won? Oh, yes. yeah. Wow. Yeah, they were going to toss we them back. We got him live. They were arguing about it. They, they said they had them there. And they I'm had not going to tell you which one wanted to stay and which one wanted yeah. to go, but... Uh, yeah. yeah. So it's interesting to hear the story and how, how it oh, led yeah. up and all that. And, you know, how it, it, it never usually works out as planned. That's right. <laughs> it, it never does. But well, it, you, it, you know, the first tournament that we fished in here, uh, the first East Coast tournament, we had worked a spot, which we called our A spot, affectionately. And we had spent probably 50 to so 60 in love with that spot, man hours sitting on this spot. We fished it a couple times. We just sat there a couple times. I visited with my wife and just watched it while she laid out. Just... We, watching, we like what, what you're did. saying, just pattern and watching the fish and watching the We knew they were there. And tournament day, we make the run just a little north of here, and there's well, a weekender sitting actually, there. Actually, there's a there. lot north of here. Right? <laughs> he, there's a weekender sitting there. And uh, we thought, what do we do? Right? What do we do? What do you we do? You didn't ask him to uh, move, hey, move out of the way. We ran this far. No. Would you mind if we had this spot? No, we nope. turned and went to our B spot, and that's where Donnie caught that eight-pounder. Um, and the like, tide changed, and at the tide change, I told Donnie, I said, listen, tide changed. Those weekenders are gone. Right? As soon as it changed, they're out of here. So we made the run back up there. 30-minute run. Another boat. They had left, but another boat was sitting there. So, <laughs> and so we never That's got there. That's what I say. It. It, it never works out pretty good usually. Right. Uh, but, you know. I, and like I said, those guys have every right to be there, not knocking those guys. But no, no, I will no. say this now. You know, and that, it's happened to me. Heartbreaking, it, buddy. Um, to where if, if we have and make a long run and somebody's in there, I've actually asked that individual, say, listen, you know, we just made a long run. We're in a tournament. We're fishing for a lot of money. Would you mind if we had the spot? We was where we pre-fished. We weren't expect. We didn't see anybody here. You know, I know you're local. This is your favorite spot. And 90% of the time, because if you are in fishing or hunting of some sort, you've got this kind of a gentleman's agreement. That's right. You know what I'm saying? There's, there's a little bit of class that goes along in this deal. Right. And sometimes they may shoot you a bird and say, no, this is my spot. But most of the time, if you're nice and explain it, they will actually leave. And sometimes they might even tell you another spot, but you're not supposed to get information. But they may say something else. You know, our big thing was we were going to try to because we knew pretty much where they were coming from, where they were staging, and where they were going. You know, they had a little little kind of tiny window. I would call a window. I call a window where they would eat at. And I'll I'll ask you this, this guy's after this. 
and we were just trying to, it's like you have to be 100 yards from the bait guy fishing with the bait, correct? And I don't know what 100 yards is with my naked eye. And I was just so worried. And I said, man, you know how these guys are? Some of them, man, they'll see you. And there's a guy. You don't have a range finder in your boat? You know, but you know I'm going to get one, though. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> but, man, yeah, uh, 100 yards is about as far as I can cast a half-ounce weight. That's what I, yep. Yeah, so, you know what? And so I couldn't, and so I wouldn't even take the chance, honestly. I said, no, no, I'm I, not doing it, man. I said, I, I told him, I said, let's just. And so we ran all the way back, 35 more minutes back, and we wound up catching a 23-inch fish. And, yeah. But I'm, it just, I'm the same way. I, I try not to pressure pressure people, but you know, it, like John said, it does. It, it's you know, we fished from here, you know, and had you know, very blessed, like I said, to have the opportunity to fish all the way to Corpus Christi, Texas, uh, you know. And but you got, you know, you go to the out of town areas like that, you know, you usually got one or two plays where, when you're in home water, you know, you got some other stuff you can do, you right, know, sure. way more stuff, you know, way, way more plays. But you get out there, and, and man, it, it's terrible. And we've had it to where we couldn't even fish any other spots we tournament fish because it was covered up by local guys or whatever. And uh, but that's just the way it, it goes, you know. Yeah. Uh, and you know, if they're and then if, if you know, we've been where we've been on our spot, and somebody come in there and start slinging bait or slinging chum, you got to leave. That's right. know, yeah. You can't you can't fish around anybody right. with bait. So you have right. to, you had to pick up and leave, but you can't. You just got to you, you got to know that going into it, and put your mindset in it. Uh, it it's. You can be mad at yourself, you know, in your own mind, but you can't be mad at anybody. They got, they've got every right, just That's like everybody right. else does. Uh, so let's, I want to talk about boats. You know? I know that uh, I know that me. You talked today. You said you got a Ranger Ghost. Yeah, I got a one sixty eight Phantom. Good boat. Get real skinny. I know. Yes. What, how about six, eight inches? Um, I'd say six, depending on what your bottom. If you got a soft bottom, you might get a little shallow because it's pushing that silt mud. You know, like we've got gotcha. a lot of areas. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's got a little seventy four stroke Yamaha on the back, which. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna tell you, if, if if you've never been in, a, in the Phantom, it's it's got a wide beam. It's one, probably one of the most. It's probably the widest beam of most smaller technical skiffs. You know, um, very stable, very stable. But probably the best fly fishing boat you'll ever fish out of, hmm. by far. Wow. I think Tom fishes out of a Phantom, doesn't he? I want to say. Yeah, my son and I, we treat it like a bay boat. Yeah, Tom does. Yeah, he's got the gr- the granddaddy of my boat. I got you. Basically, now I know Jeff because he's got the big high dollar boat. Uh, we talked about. I talked to him last time he was here. Tell everybody what I know. You fish out of a uh, Lake and Bay. Lake and Bay. That's right. Yep. Twenty foot bucket grand. Yep. Twenty foot. So, it, tell me a little bit about that boat. I mean, I know we talked about it last time. I know it's. I know it gets super skinny. It, I know it's fat. I know it's flat because you passed me before, so I know it's fast. Um, no, it's not. It's, they're not super skinny boats. You know, you're, you're talking. You know, an 11, 12 inch draft. Uh, Somebody's heavy in the ass end, right? Yeah, yeah. They're little. They're little. They're yeah. They're a little heavy in the in the back, but. Um, you know, as far as you know, that that boat's made to make runs in. It's not made to go around the corner and, and start fishing. It's it, you know, it's a good boat to fish out of. They get a little bit of hole slap to them, but you're going to have that with any boat that's got some speed to it. You're going to have pockets in the hole when you're trying to you know when you when you're floating along and, and but you got to adjust to that. Sure. Um, you know, but as far as choppiness and 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 running. Uh, you know, I've never been in a boat that handles better, and I'm not saying that. Just I'm not. I don't have any. You know, I'm not trying to talk them up. That's it's sure. just. It's, and I'll it, agree with that. Too. All I can tell you is you got to ride in one, and you and you'll agree. Um, I, I think. You know, I'm not gonna say it's the best boat out there. They're, they're, everybody's got their own preference. To me, I've been in a handful of different boats, uh, in fast boats, bass boats. Um, you know, the boat just uh, just handles good. You don't come off of somebody's wake and it hook or anything like that. You know, it just it's a dry boat. Uh, I enjoy it. I like. Is that the it. best um, feature your boat? You think? I mean, he said you, the best feature. Well, you said the wide beam and you, you fly fish. For my it. boat, it, but you got to understand, my boat is a thirty-three mile an hour boat. Mm-hmm. You know, and my son and I, we we ran almost two hours in that boat. I can go one hundred twenty-one miles or one hundred twenty miles on a tank of gas. Wow. We made some long runs in that boat, but you're gonna take a long time to get there. Where an hour and a half run is a thirty to forty minute run with his boat. 
So what, so what do you think the best feature of your Lake and Bay is? I mean, I like them. I've seen your boat. I mean, it's it's, it's class um, top of line. It's uh, the best feature is the speed. speed. I mean, really, just to be able to move around a lot, you know. And, and it's like, wide. Like, it's wide too. It's pretty wide, right? Yeah, I don't know. You know exactly what the beam is on it, you know. But don't you have um, a lot of platform space? Though? I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty it's got, open. It's got a lot of. So it's, it's a well set up boat. You know, a lot of people say, "Man, I don't like that side console," but, but when you're fishing. Uh, it's great because you got room to move around everywhere in it. Uh, for a passenger, uh, you know, it's a little tough for the passenger because they don't have a whole lot to hang on to. And, you know, it, you know, the boat, it, you know, depending on what the, you know, situation is, but it's anywhere from 69 to 75 miles an hour. Now, let me ask you this, guys. Uh, this I lay question. down in the boat. I won't <laughs> sit up on the seat. I lay down. Now, let yeah, me ask you this question. Smart. I know there's a topic that you said you didn't want to talk to. That, that about's fine. Um, what about the towers? Uh, we can talk about towers. Is that, is that fine? And y'all, y'all think y'all? I'm asking y'all have fish over Louisiana, right? Y'all both yes. y'all fish over there. So I haven't had opportunity yet. You gotta uh, go. I, I tried last last year. My schedule just. Is, but fishing here and fishing over there and competing against those guys with the towers. Do y'all think is it is it an, is it? An it's advantage? definitely an advantage. Okay. I mean. Absolutely. Because, because I mean, I look at the leaderboards. You and put I, Ray Charles up on a tower, and he's gonna see a fish. <laughs> <laughs> there, is, there is there is advantages, but but is, you know, is, is there, he, but is there he, is. Is he comparing the, some of his anglers with Ray Charles? No, I, I just I said that Ray oh, Charles is blind. He just said it makes it, it makes being on a tower really easy to see the fish. But they also see you too. I will right. say that I have yeah. seen, and that's one thing I've noticed about Jeff's boat. You know, tower you pre-fish. He doesn't have a tower. He's got, in fact, you don't even have a, uh, no, a got, casting got, platform, do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, got, that's right. You got a small I got, one. I got a 30-inch casting platform. But you, when you get highly elevated, that fish can see you just as well as that's you see You can right. see them. That's what right. I was going to say. And right. you can do like that, and he sees that. So, so what is the, I mean, obviously you can see them, What I guess you can see them you can farther. See them better. Is that what it is? Uh, you think, I mean, yeah, as far as the advantage being, ele being elevated is going gonna, is gonna to benefit you more than it's not. It opens up everything I know. What deep water, like say in our water, you know, where you got the creek bank and all of a sudden it drops off two three feet of water yeah being on that platform you can see in that deeper water. you can see in that deeper water exactly yeah so i had an uncle that lived in slidell and i used to fish over there i'll slide on lake bujon or bourgeois oh, yeah. or however yep. you lake want to say it. lake born yeah lake born yeah and um what do you guys think the big difference is between the fish uh the fishery there versus here is it the gulf is it the inlets is mississippi it the mississippi river man you got i mean you've got the biggest river base, I think, in the, in the country, really, that flows and dumps into that delta marsh, and it's just the nutrients. I mean, look at the tuna they catch. Look at right. the kingfish. They, you don't even have to go offshore. You just go to the first wreck, and, and you're catching tuna. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, it's just, you know, Louisiana is heaven on earth. I yeah. mean, sportsman's paradise because, you know, they got great deer hunting. they got incredible duck hunting. Yeah. And the red fishery. Yeah, it's just they, it's just the nutrients that come down that Mississippi. Now yeah. I've never been over there before, so they, that whole landowner thing that we were reading about is, is that what, what is all that about? That's the topic I mean, you only want to get. And I mean, okay, yeah, right. okay, it's fine. tough because I didn't know if, I didn't know if that was political or that I didn't really know what it, I've well, read about it, and I don't understand quite what they're saying. I, just, I guess from not being over well, there, real, so maybe not seeing it firsthand. Biggest so I don't thing wanna, is that was land at one time. Okay. And now it's marsh or something? And now it's water where the marsh is broken loose. But it's still land. And what they're saying is that, hey, before you came here, all this was land. Now oh, I've I lost see. all okay. my land, but still this is my property that you're on. You. Okay. Right. Okay, I understand. And Got we it. don't see that. We're over there, you know. I, I understand that. And, and so now we're in water that's two feet deep. It used to be dry land. Right. It used to be, I, I, okay, that's, we'll move right yeah. along. 
Uh, so you think the towers are definitely an advantage, Joe? Um, Absolutely. I know I've seen you know a lot of guys. You look on the, on the leaderboards and you know tower, 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 and so. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't, push, I didn't put a whole lot of stock in it, but there must be obviously something to it. These well, guys keep doing that well over and over again. In Louisiana, they're talking about running the banks. There's so much marsh that's lost that out in the middle of a pond can be a foot of water, and you don't even know it's out there in the middle. So, you know, when you're running from one spot to the other, I get up on my platform, and as we're going, I'm looking because I'm trying to find that shallow flat out in the middle of nowhere that, you know, the fish are getting on to get away from all the traffic. Right, gotcha. Well, let's talk about the state of the state of the fishing here, like in our area. Like, I, I can't talk about other places. I've only been to, you know, haven't been to Louisiana, but I have fished, you know, a lot of uh, Florida and that kind of stuff. But as far as our area here goes, and I know you guys from here fish here, uh, you know, tournaments, recreational, all that stuff. Uh, what do you guys think the state of the union of our, our fishing? I guess industry is a good word, I guess, used. Yeah, or? I mean, do you have you seen the fishery increase or decrease? Do you think? Is it? I don't. I don't think it's as much that as the pressure on the fish. I mean, I, I think it has decreased somewhat. Uh, got a lot more people doing it. Uh, you know, a lot of people like to fish. Awesome. A lot of people get the kids into fishing. Awesome. Uh, what I do think is the type of fishing we all like to do is the lure fishing. You get a lot more pressure, uh, right. even from guys that tournament fish, lure fish. Uh, you know, but all across the board, the fish get a lot more pressure. They're a lot tougher to catch. I was speaking for redfish. Uh, Mm-hmm. Trout fishing, you know, uh, you know, deeper water fishing, you know, is, uh, I, I guess I really can't speak for it, but I don't think the trout fisheries really died down. I don't think the red fisheries died down a lot. I just think it's a lot tougher to catch them. Uh, you know, back in the days, like I said, you could go in the back of the creek here, uh, you know, 15 years ago and see a fish with his back out or see several fish with their backs out crawling around. Pick a fish, you're catching. Right. Everybody got on onto the game there. Everybody bought little boats. Everybody's going to the back of creek. So you think right? technology, like I asked the other yeah, day, yeah. technology's kind of hurt. Social yeah. media and technology's kind of been yeah, part yeah, of the factor. Yeah. That's kind but, of but, but again, everybody's got the same opportunity to do whatever they want to do. And, and I think these guys, you know, we all, we, we did it, you know, same thing, you know, I mean, my first boat was a bay boat that was a, a super deep draft, you know, and then I went to the Rangers, uh, you know, and a Ranger Ghost, and I had my last boat before this lake and bay was a, was a little boss man tail spotter that floated in, you know, five, six inches of water. Wow, that's crazy. Um, but, but it, uh, you know, it's just, it, it just gets a lot more pressure here all the way so around. basically the fish have less areas to go be safe, so to speak. Well, not only that, and look at the amount of guides you've got now. Yes. That's the biggest, and it's like Louisiana, South Carolina, Georgia, yeah. you've got, and, it, and it's a young group. I mean, there's a lot of young guys because they enjoy fishing, so they're going to be a guy and take two. So now you've got our area, two fish per man, right? Two right. fish, one man. Do you all think it should be that way? Yes no, no? I, I would love to see one man. I would one like fish, to see one, one man. How about yeah. you, Joff? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Way in? Absolutely. One yep. fish? So, yeah, yeah, we've doubled, here. I'm up in Nassau County up in Fernandina area, and in the last year we've doubled the number of guides that are on the water fishing. I'm not even sure what that number would be for recreational fishermen, but I'm sure it's increased as well. Look at your kayakers. Yeah. Just look so how much that is quadruple in, in a year. I'm not going to mention that word on here. Well, no. You know what's it's so okay funny? that a guest when did I, it. When I, got, when I got into it, I didn't know anything about the numbers of guides or number of people or the pressure. I got into it because I loved it. I, I didn't go on and research it. I didn't go. I didn't care, you know. But now, of course, that I've been in it now for three years, I've gone back and kind of looked, and, I, and I'm surprised even since I've been in it how – that number has even grown. Cause I have them call me and you know ask me certain things about licenses and all kind of stuff, and and it surprised me that how many since I've been doing it now for three years, how much it's. 
Well, it's it's became it's a it's I think it's a little trendy. Uh, You know, back a few years ago, it was a big thing to get offshore and go offshore fishing, catch you know, and the economy dipped and gas prices went through the roof. Everybody bailed out, went to a skiff. TVs also put it on on the map again. Yeah, you know, I remember bass fishing was on TV, but now how red fishing is uh, popular and clothing and all that kind of stuff. You see all the commercials and whatnot. How many people do you usually take on a trip? Two, three, average? I take two to three. Two to three. Yes. So that's six yep. fish that you are legally able to take. Yeah, we don't take. We're no, we don't keep any fish on charters. Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to take my hat off to you because I wish a lot of captains w- would give 25 bucks back and say, hey, go to the fish market and buy this I, fish. I keep, I, I keep one, and, and it's just simply for the fact. And two, three years ago, I would keep two, but now it, I just got into where – explain it to them and most of them are fine with it and they appreciate what I you know try to convey to them and at the end of the day most of my charters are maybe you know anywhere from two to four mm-hmm. I mean I, you know it depends on what time of year it is my boat's bigger so a lot of guys refer people to me because they have a bigger boat you know but uh I just explain it to them and I, I, I honestly I turned people down I had people call me like I told him two weeks ago and there was four of them and they, their first question was how many fish can we keep a piece and I said well, one yeah. They said a piece, and I said one for the, with the boat, you yeah, know. We, and we can keep and all the sharks. Want to argue with me? Yeah. And I said I'm just not. But the you right got to understand their point too. They're coming from up north, what have you, and they're spending a bunch of yeah, whatever the, money. the rate is for your right. day. And so you know they should I be it. able to keep a fish and what have you. Well, right. like that right of passage thing. People want to come right. out, you want to catch a fish, to clean the fish, to eat the fish. I get it completely. You know, it's like hunting. Well, yeah. and that's why we'll target, you know, I always, you know, redfish is always off the, off the menu, right? So I'll tell them, you know, trout, flounder, whatever else we catch, they can eat. That's what we'll go after. Um, you know, if they're looking for excitement, if they're looking to catch a big fish for some excitement, we'll go hook a shark up. And yeah, that's the best way to go. By the way, we have the lovely Miss Pope here this evening. Uh, she's here chaperoning uh, Jeffrey. Um, how you doing tonight, dear? Oh, I'm good. My, my bartender. Oh, Uber driver. Uber. <laughs> yeah, my Uber driver. <laughs> that's funny. Mr. John, did you bring your wife here? I did. My wife is here with me. Where's she at? She's paying the check. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That's good. Yeah, like it says, don't we? happy yeah. wife, happy life. That's oh, right. Trust me, I know that feeling, buddy. That is true. You know what? Yeah. You, ha- you have Thank to you have very a, much. You have to have a wife that supports you, what, you, what you do, especially uh, with that crazy schedule. Guys, I'm going to tell you what. I have been and tournament fishing. We've been married. Tomorrow will be 38 years I've been married. Congratulations. Congratulations buddy. And, uh, yep, it's been, uh, it's been a joy. i got two beautiful kids, you know, my daughter, my son, and... But I know I've been tournament fishing consistently for 30 years straight, from the bass fishing straight into the red fishing. And she's had to endure the whole deal. I've had that lady drive in a grand caravan pulling a 20 uh, Intimidator, 20, the 209 Intimidator, mm-hmm. from, well, I, I from the Carolinas from a bass tournament. Because Dan, she Dan, won't Dan let me drive. She Dan. will not let me drive, but she drove all the way from Kentucky. Talking about you over pulling, there. Pulling that gambler <laughs> boat behind a grand caravan. Is that true? That's right. She's saying that's right. That's right. Hey, congratulations on your. Uh, that, that, that's that's great, man. That's a so long time. You guys do uh, you FG knot, uni knot? Would you go from braid to fluoro for leader? D- double uni for me. Double uni. Um, I'm not sure what my knot is. Okay, you I just call it blood knot. Blood knot. Yep. Okay. But it's yeah. fluorocarbon to leader. You know it is. Or it, to. Power Pro or whatever your brand is. Donnie brought it up a minute ago. A lot of, or, or you did, Mr. Hinger, about the younger crowds coming in. And they are. They're flooding the market. They're flooding our industry and what we're doing. So do you think a lot of these knots and these things are more of a trend as well? You know, and, you know, when I grew up, I didn't have no idea what the name of the knot was called. We tied it. It worked. You know, it could have been a square knot. I have no idea. And so now is it, is it like somebody posted a, a photo one day and it said, fisherman then, 
and Fisherman Now. And the Fisherman Then was just wearing like board shorts, and he had his fishing yeah, jean shorts. And now he had jean shorts. And now, and then the Fisherman Now had all the gear on, right? The buff and everything. So as the knot became an accessory, is it is it part of the? Is it really functional? Or I've been tying the same knot for as long as I can remember. Yeah, I have. You know, I I I tie a loop knot on all my on all you know so down at my baits on everything. It doesn't so matter do if it's a jig head, spinner bait, top water. I tie a loop knot on everything. Uh, I, well, I shouldn't say certain spinner baits. I don't tie the loop knot on because it won't work. But uh, you know, like an I don't know. I, I guess I've been doing the same thing. You know, I, I'm not going to change up what works. Right. You know? So you know, Jeff, I've done a I've done I've done a double uni forever, and then about three months ago. We kind of got into a, our discussion over uh, the FG knot. Oh man, that's just too tough to tie. I but mean, you know, it takes I, you so long. But you know, what I did. I actually went home and just through watching it, you know, animated knots and whatnot. I've actually practiced it and practiced it, and now it does take longer. Yet, yes, but um, I can do it. Now. I can do it pretty darn quick now, which is surprising to me. But even the way I got it on my boat, I can just put my rod in the rod holder and, and you know grab it, put it in my mouth, and then boom, boom, you know, and done. And I mean, I'm surprised how. Easy it is now for me to do because I was dead set against it. It is a strong knot. Yeah, it's it a good is, knot. Yeah, Very strong. Right. Yeah, it's a good knot. So uh, this is the Backwater Hustle Fishing Podcast. And Anybody you want to talk about specifically? Well, I know it's time. It's, I know we've yeah, we we been over here a little bit. Thing uh, up. I know you're obviously sponsored by Cabela's. And uh, anybody else you want to give a shout-out to while we're at it? Yeah, we uh, especially Ranger. You know, Ranger's been with me a, a while and a long time. And I get to do a lot of good things with Ranger. I mean, we go to do photo shoots and boat shows and stuff like that. And um, and now with Cabela's being bought out by Bass Pro, uh, I'm kind of still in limbo because they're not sure how uh, it's going to affect, you know. I know my jersey has Bass Pro and Cabela's on it, mm-hmm. the new jerseys. Uh, so basically I'm a Bass Pro pro staffer and a Cabela's pro staffer. That's cool. Um, and uh, But they've been really good. And they've got some great, great products. Even though you look at, you know, their their brand name, it's, like I said, it's kind of like at Walmart. The same company makes hunts that makes whatever for Walmart right. in their Walmart brand. Yeah. Right. Yeah, all my extreme weather gear is Bass Pro Shop stuff. It's good stuff. Yes. Yeah. That's right. How, yeah. about, you, how about you, Mr. Jeff? What's that? I mean, I, I no, know. No, obviously, really. obviously I don't, I don't, really, have any, guy, I don't really have any sponsors. My company sponsors me now. <laughs> and what, 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 what is that? People, like what you doing? You give a shout out and what you did to yeah, make me something. Yeah, JFP Construction. Yeah, we 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 uh, we, we we got a concrete business. Um, you know, and that that just uh, pays the bills. Which we don't we don't really do the tournaments at the caliber we used to with the, all the traveling and being gone. It's just uh, you know you gotta you gotta you gotta set your priorities. You know, and, and I just can't I can't I can't leave just up and leave back in the days uh we were fortunate to have some really good sponsors that, that really took good care of us uh you know, like i said just just very fortunate to have the opportunity to do what we did back in the days yes. uh, well i've talked to tom and uh chris and those guys frank and next time I, you guys plan on going to uh, louisiana this year oh yeah See, i'm dying to go there you don't even know how bad i want to go there <laughs> and uh louisiana is awesome i tell you uh you know and we we all talk about it we because normally we all go and it's tournament time so everybody's, you know, in in the in the game, you know, got their heads in the game and everything. We, you know, it, it would be fun to just get a big group to go over there for a week and do some fun fishing with no pressure. Uh, the fishing, like John said, it just it's 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 like no other. So uh, last year, that's what I was going to do. And I can't say it's as good as it used to be over there either. It's uh, not. But but I can tell you what, what's pretty cool about where we fish over there in the marsh. Uh, you know, you can throw a spinnerbait and catch a, a largemouth this cast and catch a redfish next cast. Yeah, I mean, yeah. all in the same water right there. Right. Uh, it's just, it's, 
it's awesome. I mean, it's just like John said, it, with the Mississippi flowing through there, I, I, I believe it's the Is that fishery. why the fish is so good? You believe seriously well, it's because I, of Mississippi? Well, I believe that. It, it's just it, there's a lot of, a lot, a lot of, well, I say there's a lot of water there. Once you go and fish it time after time, you know, anything looks like big water and a bunch of water when you first go. Because, you know, I talked to Chad this week, and Chad and I were discussing, you know, some limits and some pictures and that kind of stuff over there. And it's amazing to me that they pull out, man, you know, 40 fish on one trip. And he said all their clients, they want to limit out, and most of the guys are forced to do that. And the captains are over there are keeping their limits for the clients. And I'm, he's like, I'm... Well, the marsh really uh, regenerates itself over there. Uh, I don't know how. Because I don't either. The, the, I, yeah. the limits are high over there, but, uh, you know, it's... Uh, the fishery is just awesome, you know. And I think a lot of it's, you know, I mean, the, the, the marsh is always holding... Just as Jacksonville Marshwood too holds a certain type of bait, but over there the bait's abundant. You know, you might get the pogies in at this time, get the shrimp in at this time. You got the little peeler crabs floating on top of the grass. You know, at certain times, and the fish all just concentrate to that. And so it has it, no salinity in it at all. No, I mean it's dead fresh. It's water. fresh. Right. It's water. fresh, really. Yes, yeah. yeah. I didn't. That's where your big fish are at. When right. you find the the snails on the grass, you know, stuff like that. That's what. In, those redfish will just suck, and, and it puts a lot of protein, and they they will boost up. Right. Okay, that's one thing we used to look for is, is hydrilla or, or coontail, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And if it had the snails the, on, the, it. Big, big yeah. black snails on it, you knew that you were in an area that might have some good fish. Yeah. Yeah. Well, guys, honestly, I could sit here all night and talk. Oh them. yeah. I know of you guys are just a wealth of knowledge, and I mean, I I can't. I, I, from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate it, and I think the world of you two guys, and I res more than I respect you guys, and uh, what you your beliefs and the way you uh, handle yourself, yourself often on the water and, you know, not only your champions on the water, y'all, you know, same way off the water. And uh, unfortunately, not everybody's like that, And you, but you guys are. And uh, I, I tell a lot of people, and they, everybody thinks the same way. They respect you guys. And uh, obviously, you guys are, world, you know, great fishermen. So uh, I appreciate you guys coming on. And, Thank you for having uh, us. Uh, yep. no, I Thank really you. We appreciate, appreciate it. it. Yeah. Hopefully, everything goes well here. This is a great deal for local you know, this you know we're trying. Happens. We love to fish, and we just want to talk about it, and that's it. And we don't want to, right? All the other stuff. Right. All we want to do is like we did tonight, and this is what we've done every show pretty much. And uh, you know, uh, we both love fishing, and we're passionate about it. And I can sit here and talk all night, but uh, you know, yeah. uh, we're not. We just like fishing, and if we can help somebody. You know, learn something, or if I, I can learn something. That's why we do it. You know, we love yeah. it. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's what it's all about. You know, and, it, I, and I just want to put it out there. It's, it's awesome just to see the dads bringing the kids into it. Uh, like I said, a lot of younger generation coming into it, but they got introduced probably when they were knee high, just like all of us did, and, and grow a passion for it. I, th I, I think it's great. But you know, I said this on last my last charter, and I let you guys go. I'm amazed at the, that the parents that bring their kids on my charters, and and the kids are so nice and they're so polite. And we get to talking, and you know what? Most of their parents, they make their kids, they're outside, or they take them camping, or they take them fishing, or That's hunting. Right, right. And it's amazing how those kids, you can, and I'm not knocking any, I get in trouble for saying stuff, but what the point is, you can just kind of tell, some, some kids will come on the boat, and they don't want to fish, that they're just one of their Xbox or their PlayStation, whatever it is, right. have no interest in it. And you, and you know, why you didn't bring, bring it for, I don't, I don't even know. But I mean, and so that's happened a couple of times. But 99% of the time, all the kids have, that have been polite and just Absolutely. want to fish and learn, you can just tell by, and that, that goes back to parenting, like you just said. Yep. And, and that people just, you're right. My, my parents took, my grandmother took me fishing, like I told you earlier. And then uh, my grandfather, uh, my parent, my dad's a hunter, and so my my first rod and reel was an Ambassador 5000 with a Lude's pistol grip speed stick. At the age of seven years old, my grandmother bought that for me. Zipco. My son, yes, yeah, <laughs> my, my son has been throwing a bait caster since he's been 
four, five right. years old. I believe mine was a Zebco Snoopy 202. <laughs> <laughs> it, was a, it was a Minnie Mouse, what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what we said last week, you know what? Think about all the lures you probably have hanging up in your garage or in, a, in your room somewhere that, that caught a truckload of fish, right? Well, why don't we use them anymore? Because they trend out. That's why. But, why don't, but that's, not, that's not a good answer to me because well, I'm, I'm, and, and I'm guilty of it. And Here's, that's right. You know, but, but, you know, you always got to, uh, you know, obviously when you get into the more competitive part of it, I guess, well, with anything, but you just always got to have tied on the end of your rod what you have confidence with. That's right. That's right. Yeah, but and it's hard to get away from that. It's hard to say I've been catching them on this. Let me try this, you know, well, and and that and, and trying that might work, you know. But that's where your partner comes into play because you're throwing usually two different things. Uh, mm -hmm. And and like the other day, I got I'm not going to say the bait, but I've caught a lot of fish, a lot of fish on this bait. And John fishes a different company of baits most of the time, and he's caught a lot of fish on his. So he's got on his what he feels confident with. I've got on what I feel confident with. Mine wasn't the wasn't the play that day. You yeah, know, it, 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 his yeah. was the bait, and uh, you know, it just uh, you just always gotta go what you have your confidence with. Yeah, right. all, all your gear. What I was saying, I, I, well, you I did go, catch that one fish on the DOA, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. But no, I was in my garage all day and I had a bunch of them lined up, and I'm like, man, I caught a big fish on that one. And I caught a real good fish on that one, and I haven't used them in years. And I'm like, you know, wh why don't you use them anymore? It's not because they don't catch fish. It's just like I guess trends change and. Yeah, they get old. The hooks exactly. rust, and they get old, and you don't feel like. Well, well I, I fish different top waters than I used to when I started. You know, I mean, and obviously, like you said, um, which back in the days, like I said, I used to get on the water a lot more than I did now. So I had I had the opportunity to change stuff up. Now, you know, with limited time, you got to go what you know. You, you and, go to, and yeah, you got to get to it and go. Yep. Yeah, that's yep. right. You guys yep. def definitely have it figured out. It seems like, and I look forward to seeing you guys at the next one, which is what September, I think it is. I think. Yep, that's right. September. Yeah, September. Yep. I guess you know it's changing next year. I, I guess we were told a couple. The last one I've ever seen, Hatchet, I guess they're changing to the Power Pole series or something like that, I think. I don't know what they're doing yet. I think there is some changes coming up maybe, but I, I, I can't say because I don't know. Okay. I, I just heard that. I think he mentioned yeah. that. Yeah. I talked to Kent when I was in Steen Hatchet, and he did mention uh, less tournaments, a little more entry, uh, and the championship's going to be Louisiana for Louisiana. Understand. They do run a good tournament. I, I oh, mean, yeah, it, yeah, you yeah. know, yeah, yeah, what absolutely. we have here, absolutely. It's, it's, it, it actually I'm gonna say surprised me, but – I was, well, I guess I was surprised or impressed, but, you know, it is for, and I know it, he's got a great woman behind him, mm -hmm. Kent does, he to does. make things happen. Right. He's and, a nice guy, too. Another, I think there's two ladies that really make things happen. Right. But, you know, it's a lot of work putting the tournament on. Yeah. Sure it is. You know, we got a bunch of crybabies. All of us are always a little prima donnas, you know that, and, you know, so, but it is a good run event. I'm not saying and, nothing. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so... Yeah, I'm looking forward to this year with the with the, right. the power pole series to see what happens because change is good. Right. Yeah, it sure change is. Y'all yeah. think it's a bad thing all the championships are going into it to to Louisiana now though? Absolutely not. To a what? To, to Louisiana. Louisiana. All the championships are moving to Louisiana though. You think it's a bad thing no, though? No, no, because I, I tell you, uh, you know, Louisiana, everybody's going to catch fish. You're going to catch. You're not going to go over there and say, "Man, I can't find a fish." Everybody's going to have a good opportunity to catch fish. It might not be the right ones. It's never. You know, it, it's not going to be the right ones every time for anybody. Yeah, even here. But yeah. but it's a, it's a good time. It's a good fishery. Um, you know, everybody's going to have a, a, a chance to catch some fish. And if you've never been there, it's 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 just awesome. You don't want to. You, you know, sometimes we go over there and fish, and when it's really good over there, like man, you really don't want to come back here and fish. Right. Even you know, right. I mean, you know, you, you come you come here. I mean, over there when it's good, the fish. I mean, it's just it, the fishery just awesome. Uh, have you guys fished Panama City? Oh, yeah. I've never fished there either, so there's no place I just haven't been. He and uh, I have fished tournament, not together, but he's been over there. We, and it's a place called the Duck Pond, which is a community hole. 
The first time the IFA ever went over there, there was 30-something boats side by side. It's in got this to be the same pocket. place that Tom and Chris were telling me about. Yes. <laughs> and they Everybody said it was. You know, yeah. And it was just a big old school. That's where it drops went, off into like the slough they were telling me. They, and it, yeah, it, just, it just, went just, in a just circle. A, it's just about a, a, probably a, a three or four acre bay. And, and That's what he was telling me. <laughs> yeah, and it was, it was, it was. It was it was it was bad at a bone. It you was know? I mean, stupid. It was cool. Yes, he said. Uh, he said he, they, they ran and got got there. You know, and he said next thing you know, uh, some boat. And he said they literally bumped them and bumped them and got right inside him. I said, are you serious? He oh said, yeah, that was yeah. bumper to bumper. Yeah. That's yeah. what he said. In he was back. <laughs> two different boats hooked the same redfish. Wow. Are you serious? He had two hooks in his mouth. That's amazing. And the, and the yep. one guy got him up close enough where he snipped the other guy's line. <laughs> <laughs> he was pissed. He was, excuse me, he was mad. Was, was, yeah. he good, was he good fish? <laughs> oh, yeah. The, all these fish were seven-pound fish. I got wow. to say, I gotta, I gotta say there was some truth to that about the line stuff. But no, I wasn't in there. I didn't, we didn't go in there. We didn't, we, we didn't know about it, but I did hear about it. And that, that's the truth. You know? He but, may have but, told uh, us that. I don't remember. But actually, he, Tom Riley invited me and John Eggers in. He was in there. He, yeah, he, he was. He, all about he waved it. us in, and we come in here, and, and we actually almost won the thing out from under everybody. <laughs> Well, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure, pleasure to have you guys on. Awesome. Thank you very much. Uh, we, you know, like to have you on again in the future if that's possible. Yes, sir. And um, you know, we really uh, appreciate your time. Win another one, I guess. We'll ask you again. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate your time. We know really how valuable do. it is, and thank you very much. Yeah, thank Enjoy it. Thank, thank you guys. Have good thank you guys. Appreciate right. it. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Hey guys, you've been listening to the Backwater Hustle Fishing Podcast. Check us out on the web at backwaterhustle.wordpress.com. Or check us out on Facebook at Backwater Hustle, the fishing podcast. You can reach us at bckwaterhustle at gmail.com and hit us up on Instagram at, at bckwaterhustle. This has been the Backwater Hustle Fishing Podcast. Out. Then this podcast. Any services or products provided by Backwater Hustle, the fishing podcast, and its contributors should be used solely for entertainment and enjoyment. We emphasize the importance of keeping an open mind and not controlling the data products and or topics as actual Backwater Hustle.